everybody. I am here with the legend, Mr. Cy Young himself, Shane Beaver. What is up, Shane? What's going on, Rob? I appreciate you having me, man. Oh, dude, it is my pleasure. Like, you are literally one of my favorite pitchers to watch. I mean, I say that to all the pitchers, but but actually, it's it's definitely true, man. You're no, I appreciate awesome. that. So I'm just curious, like, winning a Cy Young, was that always like a goal? Was this something that you dreamed about, or was this like beyond anything that you could ever hope for? Uh, depends how far back you go. Um, if you go back, you know, to when I was in high school, college, or even just drafted, uh, no, that wasn't like not like I doubted myself, but it wasn't really in the realm of um, aspirations for me. Like I just wanted to uh, establish a floor. Uh, well, one, make my debut, make it to the big leagues. Um, that's a very select group that that are able to actually accomplish that feat. And, and then two, to stick. I just wanted to stick. Um, and then from there, continue to grow and see what I can make of myself. That was kind of when I got drafted, that's, that's where I was at. I've always been a, a pretty realistic and I can temper my expectations. Um, but at the same time, you always want to shoot for the moon. So after 2019 um, and going into 2020, um, you know, 20, 2019 was when I started to grow, um, not just as a pitcher, but, you know, mentally, I started growing confidence and, and figuring out that I could actually do this and do this well and at a high level. And so uh, once quarantine hit, uh, I was able to establish a pretty good routine or what I thought was, um, you know, given the circumstances and all the crazy restrictions, you know, at the beginning of 2020, it was a, it was a wild time. Uh, I established what I thought was, you know, one of the better uh, routines. I had a lot of resources available to me back in, I went back home to uh, uh, Santa Barbara um, and established a, like I said, what I thought was a really, really good routine with, uh, I was living with one of my teammates who made his debut last year, Kyle Nelson. He was also my, uh, one of my buddies and, um, uh, teammates in college as well. So we would go back to Santa Barbara in the off seasons and, and work out. And so we were living together. So we were actually able to throw, uh, I wasn't really throwing, didn't have to throw to a net, like a lot of guys, which like we were just talking about, I had that experience a little bit and it's not, not ideal. Um, and so established a great routine, uh, was able to get in with my trainer every day and um, just continue to grow. And that's when I started thinking, uh, you know, why not? Let's do something crazy and, and let's go for it. Uh, and just, you know, everything started to click a little bit throughout quarantine and I continue to get better and, and try and level up. And that's when it became uh, a realistic thought for me um, was I, I'd say like the beginning of 2020. So like, you, I mean, your transformation has been kind of amazing over the years. Um, so you didn't start out like, help me, help me see how you progress. Cause right now I see you and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is, I mean, you're almost like an artist on the mound. I've had these discussions with other people. Like you're one of the most fun pitchers to watch. I know I'm filling your head with a bunch of crap, but it's true. <laughs> like, like literally I will drop everything every time you pitch because it's your combination of command and stuff is uh, it's just fun to watch and your demeanor. So we're going to get into a lot of that, but you okay. didn't always start out this like that. Like you weren't like this, this amazing dude growing up. I mean, at least to my knowledge, you weren't. What, what's your story? Yeah. Um, I, I was a, a bit of a late bloomer, uh, so to speak. And um, so in high school, um, from how I remember it, I was probably sitting 84 to 86, uh, touching 87. Um, and I could always pitch. I could, I could command the ball. I could change speeds. Um, the velocity wasn't there. So a lot of the stuff wasn't there either. Um, I think that's what became very apparent, at least in the last few years, like obviously it's a direct correlation velocity to, to stuff. Um, and so at that point in high school, I wasn't really getting recruited or, uh, anything, you know, heavily, but, uh, so the, the word on me is I was a walk on in college, but it wasn't like I showed up, uh, in sweatpants, uh, and, uh, and asked to borrow a glove and, and let me, Hey, let me try out coach. It's but, a better story. Um, if you say that, I would, I mean, <laughs> that'd be crazy. You know, I, I wasn't like a, a fictional character or like, uh, or Rudy or anything, but I was, uh, offered a preferred walk on, which is no money. Uh, yeah, for those that don't know, no money. Um, so no security, uh, so to speak at the college level. Um, 
you know, obviously if you're giving a kid a scholarship, he's going to get more opportunity, more chances, and probably going to stay on the roster and, and the team for, for longer if it comes down to a scholarship player versus a non-scholarship player. Uh, and so they said um, they'd, they'd get me into school at UC Santa Barbara, and that was the kicker for me. That was like I didn't know in, in high school if I was going to play college ball or not. Um, I wasn't sure. It, I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted to pursue or if I'd even get the opportunity. Um, and so if I, if I had the opportunity to, uh, I was always going to try to, to be a student at UCSB. I had some friends go there before me. I had visited. It's like an incredible place, incredible campus. So it was my number one school. And when they offered me uh, a preferred walk-on spot, I said, so you get me into school. And they said, yeah, we'll push you through. Um, and I had pretty good grades, but I was kind of borderline for that, that school. It's a great degree. Um, and once they said that they would push me through, I was, I was like, yeah, let's see where it goes. And fortunately, um, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, I was able to, uh, gain that support from my parents. They were, you know, unbelievable and the opportunities that they presented to me, and, um, you know, kind of carved these pathways for me. And I was able to just go out there and, and play the game that I enjoyed and, and see where I landed. So what was that like, like your parents growing up? I mean, were their goals like always, you know, sports related? Was it academics first? What was their focus and how excited were they when you were, you know, just to watch your development? That's kind of sick. Yeah, super cool. Um, that's something that I enjoy, you know, every outing, uh, just being able to call them and, and you know, good or bad. Um, I've always been able to lean on them for uh, reflection and, and positivity and, and all sorts of stuff. But uh, they, they always had a good balance uh, looking back. Like they didn't push baseball super hard. Um, they obviously pushed work ethic, determination, you know, all those things that you, those values that you want to instill in your, in your kid. But um, they pushed schoolwork just as hard because like I said, I was kind of, uh, I wasn't sure where, which direction I was going to go. Um, and so, like I said, they were very supportive when the opportunity for, uh, UC Santa Barbara came out, um, a lot of it because of the, the degree and the prowess that that school, um, you know, has on its own uh, away from the baseball program. And, you know, that's kind of the way we looked at it It was like, okay, well, obviously I'd love to play baseball, um, for four or five years there. Um, but even more importantly, you know, with my where I was at in high school, not getting recruited, you know, too heavily. Uh, it was kind of more about that, the degree when it came to uh, the decision-making process. And so, so uh, yeah. yeah, I did want no, to you, you. Keep going. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about the high school thing, because it's one of those conundrums. Like you have the pitch ability, like you can win games in high school with, with just, you know, plus command and okay velo, but at the next level to, to get colleges to look at you, you kind of need the, the velo aspect of it. Is yeah. that something that you kind of, I mean, in, in retrospect, developing the developing command first help you, or do you feel like you should have developed velo first? No, in retrospect, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Obviously you see guys do um, the opposite path of development. It works out great for them as well. But, but for me, I felt like that was, um, something that, uh, was essential, uh, you know, just the, the, the way it all played out. Uh, I could always, like I said, I could always pitch. I put up good numbers. I didn't have that swing and miss stuff or that velocity. Um, but there's always, there's a story that I like to tell, especially in Southern California too, right? Like there was a, it's a high level of baseball down there, especially in high school and, and travel ball. And, um, and so there was this game. I remember I went to, a, relatively smaller school um in southern california still uh, a lot more kids than, than normal but uh we were playing dana hills and there was a i forget i think his name was blake taylor um ended up going in the first or second round uh, out of high school a uh, big arm lefty you know throwing uh mid 90s um and we were facing off and i was i was juiced up about it and uh, it was a home game and you know a bunch of students uh, are coming down and, and even more scouts and everybody pulls out their radar guns. And uh, I think he, I remember him kind of having a tougher outing um, and, and he got yanked a little bit early. And I at that point I was still hitting. And so I was on third base 
Uh, he, I think he was having some command issues, so he got pulled early. And I watch all these scouts just once he, once he got yanked, they pack up their bags, they throw their break down their radar guns, throw it in their bags, and and head out. And I'm on third base. I'm like, where are you guys going? You know, I got I got stuff to show you. Um, I ended up having a good outing, but you know, it's the way the the recruitment, the scouting process goes. Um, I wasn't close to that sexy number of, of 90. Um, I don't know if that number has bumped up as the years have passed, but you know, that's kind of at that point, that was the number that everybody was looking for um, to kind of uh, give you a second one. Um, and so I, I remember that story that kind of fueled my fire a little bit um, and put a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but um, it's, it's funny looking back on it and, and that's kind of just how my process was, but um, I'm happy the way it's playing out. So I remember that bat said we, we went through the whole recruiting process with my kid going to East Cobb and all the perfect mm-hmm. game tournaments is the most demoralizing thing when you see scouts like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to put my gun away. And you're like, wait, yep. wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to see some, some 86s <laughs> uh, painted on the outside half. Yeah. But now they're regretting it. I mean, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So what clicked, what clicked for you? Was it just, physically developing was it something mechanical so why did you make that jump to where you are now uh a lot of it was just physical development um I came in my freshman year I was like a buck 60 um and I put on uh I probably put on maybe a little bit more than 30 pounds uh my freshman year some of it good some of it bad you know but uh either way that translated um to velocity and to a little bit better stuff, a little bit of an uptick. Uh, I started hitting uh, 90, 91, maybe at the end of my freshman year, um, and just tried to continue to climb, got on a better food and weight program, um, and just started working. And uh, obviously, it wasn't all physical. A lot of it was mental, learning the mental side of the game, especially in college. Um, That's something that Jack gets over at UCSB is big on, and I learned quite a bit from him um, in, in that aspect. But uh, a lot of it was just, you know, giving my myself and my body the time to um, put in that work uh, and just continue to trust that you're going to see the results. So one of the things you just touched on it um, is a mental game. And I think that that is a big separator that not a lot of people focus on. Um, and I, it, to me, watching from the outside, like I'm not in your head, obviously, although, yeah, I'm in your head, man. Um, <laughs> I am looking at you and you have a very calm exterior during during a game and I didn't know if that is is that something you work on constantly like to just chill one pitch at a time mentality were you always like that how did you hone it if if not yeah for me it's been um a lot of trial and error to be honest like so in college I started learning about it and started learning about that uh fu mentality and and like there's so much value and it's hard to like quantify it, but there's, it's incredible. Just baseball in general, uh, how much value is in conviction um, and being able to throw each pitch with conviction, whether it's the right pitch in that sequence or not. I think you you, whatever pitch you are most confident in, whatever pitch you're going to throw with the most conviction is going to be the best pitch for, for that sequence. Right. Um, and it's going to put yourself in the best spot. Um, now if you can do that while also learning how to sequence pitches and being confident in the right sequence, then, um, you know, you're going to put yourself in the best possible spot. But I learned about that in college. Um, I took it a little bit too far looking back, like, um, like my start days, like, don't even, don't even look at me. Um, I was kind of, kind of a dick, but, uh, (laughs) once I got into, once I got into pro ball, um, and started throwing every fifth day, I was like, man, that's exhausting. Like, I can't be, I can't be like that every fifth day for 162 plus, and that'll just be a lot. So I, I learned how to um, translate that into uh, a pitch to pitch type deal at bat to at bat, inning to inning. Um, but in terms of like before game rituals and, and, you know, not being the the nicest or, or the best conversationalist uh, on my start days. That was me in college. And as I've continued to progress throughout uh, both the minor leagues and, and the major leagues, I've kind of learned uh, how to, how to balance that out. There's, like I said, there's so much value to conviction and to confidence. 
Um, but at the same time, uh, being able to hone that in like inside and in yourself and, uh, you know, to not be overly outward with your body language. I've found that that has the most value to me. Yeah. It's funny because it, 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 it varies. I think there's, you know, it's obviously the, the Corey Kluber mentality versus a Max Scherzer mentality or, right. a, or a James Karinchek mentality where, uh, <laughs> where he just looks like XL dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's insane, but, but having that. So to me, and again, this is just sitting back. It looks to me like you pick little things from, from players. And I don't know if you intentionally do it. Um, but like mental game stuff to me, I don't know, like it was Kluber and influence in some of the stuff you do or no. Yeah. I think, um, whether it's consciously or, or subconsciously, absolutely. Um, I've, I've taken little, little tidbits from him. And a lot of that has to do with throughout the minor league process. Uh, Klubes was on a, an incredible run and, and I had already established like a, a, a crazy career. And so throughout the developmental process, everything, it was Corey Kluber, this Corey Kluber, that, you know, this is what he does. You know, they're always showing anytime they're showing mechanics or film or stuff, it's, it's Klubes. Right. And so learned quite a bit from him. Um, you know, not just in person once I was able to get up and make my debut, but even before then, uh, before I had even met him. And so just being able to find value in little things from, uh, all sorts of guys around the league. Like I remember seeing the value when I first got called up in 2018, the rest of the rotation was Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco, Clevenger, and Tomlin. And that's an incredible staff right there as it is. And, um, some guys, you know, at that point, Clev and Bauer were the younger guys and then, um, had already established those other three and they all, they all threw differently. They all had different pitching styles, different mentalities. And so, uh, I found a ton of value in just coming up, kind of being a fly on the wall in 18 and, and trying to learn as much as possible from each and every one of those guys. It's funny because that's how I would describe you to people is I, I feel like you have borrowed the best from all of those guys. I mean, I see a little bit of Bauer in your, you know, like arm action wise, has your going to that is, has your arm action always been as short as it is? Is that something you consciously work on? Is that something that's developed over the years? Yeah. So it's always been relatively short. Um, that's been something I, I had worked on since I was uh, in high school. Um, but it did get a little bit shorter from 18 transitioning into 19. And I think a lot of that had to do with, to be honest, uh, weighted balls. And I developed a routine where I would not post throw, um, not like heavy pull downs or, or lightweight pull downs, but just pre throw as a warm up mechanism. Uh, I started throwing the heavy ball and transitioning into the 14 ounce and then to the seven ounce and then down to a baseball for actual catch play. And I fell into that routine. And obviously anybody will tell you uh, when you're throwing that 32 ounce green ball, um, if you get wide or you get long uh, in your arm action, you're going to put yourself in a bad spot. So um, it kind of happened naturally ever since I, I uh, started that routine and started messing around with weighted balls. My, my arm action shortened and tightened up just a, just a tidbit. And uh, I, t I actually talked to Gio when he shortened up his um, uh, Gilito, when he shortened up his arm action, I asked him if that was like consciously or not. And he said this, he kind of said the same thing. I think he wanted to make a little bit of an adjustment there, but a lot of it happened naturally just through his weighted ball program. Yep. I, I actually had him on and talked about the same thing. I think his was a combination of that and lower half, uh, moving mm -hmm. faster gave his uh, his upper half just got a little more efficient. Um, what are the benefits yeah. that you found for that arm path? I mean, it has it as velo increase. Is it command? Is it just feeling good, timing everything up? Um, yeah, it's tough to say um, if, if that like translates to to velo increase. I think it just depends on a guy because you yeah. it, you see a lot of guys with very short arm action posted the other day joe kelly hitting 104 with you know he's just a, like a little bow and arrow versus um you know so many other guys that will drop all the way down and and take that long lever um and then it comes out with flames as well so it's tough to say um i think for me it, it just helped in, 
in the aspect of like consistency, uh, release point, um, and just being able to blend all pitches. And a lot of it is tunneling as well. Um, if I'm consistent with my drawback, I'm probably going to be consistent with my, my arm path and my release angle. And if I can do that with all four or five, six pitches I got, um, they're going to hopefully come out of the same tunnel. How conscious are you of, of tunneling? Is that something that you are in game thinking of? Like I set you up for this pitch, I'm going to throw it out of the, you know, if, if I throw you a fastball out of the curveball tunnel, high fastball, that this is going to be a successful pitch, or is it kind of second nature at this point? Um, is it something you think about? Yeah, I was conscious of it in college. That's when I started learning about it um, in like 2015 and 2016. And that was something I found a lot of value in and enjoyed like learning about um, and trusting. But at this point now, um, it's a little bit more second nature. And a lot of it uh, comes with trust between myself and the catcher. And so I trust there's not a lot of guys I trust more than Roberto Perez, um, you know, as well as the rest of our catchers. Uh, we had Sandy Leon last year, Kevin Pulecki the year before. Uh, this year we got Austin Hedges and Bo Taylor, and they're both incredible. And, um, but, you know, if we're sticking to just Roberto, uh, one of the best in the league, like his feel for the game and his feel for pitches and sequencing is second to none. I truly believe that. And so uh, I trust him and what he sees. And for me, I try and simplify things as best as possible. If I'm, you know, midweek working on my stuff in the bullpen, I want, no matter what, I want all of my pitches to come out of the same tunnel. Um, and from there you can just work and simplify things. And, and that way I don't need to throw a fastball up to be able to land a curveball. Uh, I can throw a fastball middle and spike a curveball, And I just want things to come out hard and true. Um, and, and in the same tunnel. And I think a lot of that just comes from release point. Now, when, when he's setting a, a, is he said, are you throwing his glove? Are you, how are you, how are you calibrating your own pitches? Depends what, what pitch, I guess. Um, Cause there's a lot of, a lot of curveballs last year. I know last year was curveball heavy um, in that little short 60 game sprint. Um, but if it's working, keep throwing it. Right. But uh, there was a lot of, a lot of curveballs last year that I did not mean to throw as short as I did <laughs> that ended up getting positive results. And I think a lot of that came from, uh, conviction, but not only conviction in the curveball, but the fastball. So being able to to ride something on a guy, make him respect that. And then if you, you know, you throw that curveball instead of looping it up there, you spike it a little bit more on, you know, whether it's on purpose or on an accident, but it comes out of that same tunnel and bangs it like 45, 50 feet. And you're still able to get a, get a swing and a miss. It's pretty satisfying. Yeah. No, I mean, that's gotta be one of the most fun, th like to me, there's nothing better than to get a guy. I mean, you ever feel embarrassed about it though? Like somebody swings at a ball is 45 feet and they're, uh, they're going back to dugout. Yeah. I, I don't feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed <laughs> when they don't swing and, uh, and Roberto like catches it while standing up. Cause that's how high it bounced up. Uh, that's the embarrassing part when they, when they actually, you never even give them a chance to, to recognize it. Um, when you, cause I've had plenty of those too. So what it said, so I've been going through and just wondering like, what is like for you looking back on starts so far in your career, what was the pitch that stood out to you as like, Hey, this, if this is like my favorite pitch I've thrown and then your worst pitch that you've thrown one of those situations where, uh, you spiked and you're like, Oh crap, that was terrible. Oh, so like a singular pitch. Yeah. Singular result? pick, pick one pitch where result were like, like satisfying, like, like, man, I nailed that one. Or is it just too many I, at this point? I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that, but uh, no, just me being me. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think I have one that stands out. Um, I'm kind of stuck in that college mentality of next pitch, um, kind of just worry about the next one. Um, so I don't have one specifically. Maybe I'll have to uh, go. Through I'll, I'll find one and, for you. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send me a, send me a grouping and I'll, I'll pick. Okay. Uh, and, and worst pitch, is there anything that stood out to you? Like, Oh shit, I spiked that. And I, it... Oh, you know what? Uh, I guess if you, if you made me pick right now, I could, uh, I could remember uh, a change up to the, um, what was it? It was almost like a back foot change up to Miggy that just, I don't know what it clicked. I clicked it though. Uh, and that thing went and I was able to get them and, 
you know, one, because I don't throw changeups very often. And two, because like, you know, just to have the opportunity to, um, you know, pitch, let alone, you know, put Miggy in the book was, was huge. Um, especially with a, with a sexy pitch, like a changeup, but, uh, worst pitch has got to be, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of those too. I remember, <laughs> the, I remember the worst pitches better than I remember the good ones. Um, either a, a 40 foot curveball or anything that got waxed like 500 feet. <laughs> well, all right. So in the next step in, 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 in your development, um, would you say that perfecting a changeup is one of those things that you're, uh, you're still working on right now as a work in progress and that will take you even further. Like, I can't imagine being better than what you did last year, to be honest. Like that was, that was sick. But I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. That's something that uh, I joke with some of our like local media because every year we got the, the same questions. Oh, would you work on this off season? Uh, so-and-so and, and every year for me, it's been the change up. And um, it's something that comes and goes from been a tough pitch to, really wrangle, but I feel like I, I was able to find it, um, and, and use it really well at the, actually the back half of last year, I was able to throw it a lot more. Um, and it kept guys off my breaking stuff, just, just a tick longer. Um, and it was actually a change up that I picked up from my good buddy, uh, cookie, you know, he's got a disgusting split change and mine is nowhere near that level, but if it's half halfway or, or, uh, you know, somewhat close to his, then I'll be in a good spot. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will tell you that that split change is, is absolutely filthy. I love watching. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we go like, let's, you have a ball in your hand. I I mean, I, I usually have a ball while I'm talking here, but, uh, why don't we, why don't we go through your pitches and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pick back up. But uh, let's see your uh, – now, you banged your two-seamer a couple seasons ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was throwing a two-seam uh, pretty much my my whole life. I was also – I guess one thing that also translated to a little bit better velocity is I think I was in kind of an unnatural arm slot. I was a lot lower. I was like low three-quarters. That's why I was sinking the ball. Um, and so I was able to tighten up my arm action, keep everything closer to center, um, and that raised my, my arm, uh, my release point just a little bit and also gave me a little bit of velocity. And at that, at that point, the ball was kind of just running, it wasn't sinking. And so I realized that, uh, it would probably, you know, help me out if I can make a change. I, I kind of noticed where the game was going and how many guys had really good four seamers that they could ride. And, um, so I remember, it was still 2018. I didn't tell anybody, um, but I had been playing catch with a four seamer as well as a two seamer. And it was riding really well in catch play. And I was like, Hey, I don't know. And we were, uh, we were out of it. We weren't going to make the playoffs. And it was my last start and it was in Chicago. And I didn't tell anybody, but I threw all four seamers. Um, I told Roberto obviously, uh, but I didn't tell any pitching coaches or, or teammates uh, or other teammates. I threw all four seamers. Um, the numbers are better was riding a lot better and I was getting a lot more swings and misses. And so that's just right here, just a traditional four seam. Um, hold on where, yep. where are we at? So and I just try and backspin that thing. Tuck your thumb? Uh, no, I, I, dude, if I tuck the thumb, that thing's going to go 400 feet over the backstop. Um, I cannot do that. I see like Scherzer does that, right? Uh, there's a couple guys. And then they say that they can't like rest the thumb like I do. Um, so I guess it's just a matter of personal preference. Um, so here's my four seamer. Um, we'll go change up from there. It's a split change where cookie tells me to just grab this horseshoe, um, this part of the horseshoe, put a bunch of pressure on your index finger. Uh, and it's kind of like a circle split and just throw that thing like a heater. Obviously you, you develop your own cues with it. Um, but are you pronating for through me, it or is it or the grips just doing it? I think the grip just does it, especially when you create so much pressure with your index finger um, at release point, it's going to come out. Uh, it's going to split through, follow through. Sorry, I can't figure out where the... <laughs> no, you got it. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to come out and you'll pronate naturally, um, just like you know most people do. And then uh, I introduced a cutter last year. It was sometimes good, sometimes not but i all in all i feel like it was pretty useful um that's just a traditional offset four seam 
So for me, um, this is my four seam and this is what's most comfortable for me. So with the cutter, I just move it up. So it's a different feel. Um, and I get a different mindset. I don't want those two pitches to blend. I just try and keep it nice and small, something strike to strike that, you know, maybe three, one, two, oh, I'm able to get a rollover or a, or a pop-up. Um, and then new slider this year, that's another thing that I was working on, but, um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if we want to, if we want to get into an extended answer, um, I feel like my slider was hit or miss last year. Um, it could have showed up in a big way in that playoff start against the Yankees. They took a lot of really good breaking balls, uh, on the plate. Um, and I think that's what they were just trying to do. They're trying to see it as long as possible. Cause, uh, my out of, out of zone, you know, swing and miss rate was pretty high last year. And so, you know, they eliminated that curveball um, pretty well. And I wasn't able to, my slider wasn't showing up. It was kind of just like a, a crappy curveball. And so um, this year I'm right on that horseshoe um, with some, you know, I, I'd say the thumb is just in a natural spot, whatever feels most comfortable. Um, and I'm just working on my takeaway, not letting it get out. Um, just keeping everything nice and tight and it's been, it's been showing improvements in camp. And then, uh, here's the knuckle curve, just traditional spike. Um, I'm always throwing it on the label, uh, on the writing that way, when it comes out, the label is behind the ball, a little bit harder to pick up. Um, and I just, I just throw that thing. Are you trying to get to the front of it? You're throwing it more like a fastball. How are you, how are you, uh, working that? Yeah. Uh, well, a curveball is believe it or not. Well, I guess since I introduced the cutter, it's my second newest pitch. Like I started throwing that thing in 20, 20, late 2017, um, in what was that in low A and, uh, just continued. I, I wanted it at that point, my slider was my bread and butter and I wanted the curveball just to be able to steal strikes. Um, and worked on it with, you know, a couple teammates, Aaron Savali, uh, and Brady Aiken, both really good curveballs, and we continue to develop it. And, um, and with that thing, um, a lot of trial and error. Uh, but for me, I just try and keep the, I throw it like a similar to a football. I try and keep this broad side of my wrist, uh, towards home plate that way. Uh, I'm just thinking about the orientation of the ball when it comes out of my hand, I want to spin end over end. Um, obviously it, it doesn't come out that way just cause when you're in live action, it's a little bit offset, but, um, once it gets to the plate, I want it to have that like second break. So where it starts coming down and then I will, the, the best ones that I throw have been described to me as like, they kind of have two breaks. So you start to see it go. And then you have that second break that just powers down. Um, and I'm not sure. I haven't been able to like quantify it or tell, I haven't been able to tell exactly you know, what I do to be able to give it that second break, so to speak. But um, I just know when I throw the good one, that's the kind of feedback that I get. That's interesting because, you know, I've talked to other people about originally everybody's saying, oh, there's no such thing as light lake break. There's no such thing as double break, all that stuff. Pitchers know when that happens. Hitters know when that happens. You're playing catch with someone, they can see it. Um, and now there seems to be some science that is actually saying, wait a second, you can actually, the ball can have two different breaks to it. We just assume because we couldn't measure it that way that it was only, only one. So that's an interesting point. Yeah, it's, it's crazy where the game is going. You're able to get a lot more information on, um, you know, all sorts of things and statistics. So uh, if there's science on it, I got I to gotta find out. Right now I'm kind of a um, – kind of just enjoying when it does do that, but I'd love to be able to quantify it. Like I said, do, do you know it when it's out of your hand that that pitch is, is filthy? Is it like taking a three point shot and you know, it's going it, to, you know, it's going in, or is it something that you, uh, yeah, you can feel it, right? When it, when you're, when you're locked in um, and you're not guessing, you're throwing everything with conviction, you're, you're confident in your pitch, your pitch call and, and your execution. I think that's when you're obviously going to be on your A game and your best. So what's funny is, and, and uh, this is just a DM conversation I had with Michael Fisher from Codify, and he's like, I swear I can tell when he's throwing a pitch and he knows he nailed it, that the body language changes 
and it is like that. So it's I'm, I was curious as well. Like before it lands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When it comes out clean, um, it, there's too many times when hitters, uh, you know, they punk you for a 450 foot homer, and and they stand there and admire it, and it's you know great. That's that's great where the game. If you're, if you're going to click one and you're confident in it, you better stretch your, stretch your shit off the mound and, and enjoy it. Absolutely. So what, do, when you're developing a pitch, I mean, obviously you're tinkering with stuff and I'm like, dude, I wouldn't touch anything you did last year. I mean, it was, <laughs> but you're a perfectionist. You're going to constantly improve. Um, when you're looking to improve your pitches, are you doing it like, is it, it analytics based? Is it video based? Is it stat based? Is it a combination of it? What do you lean on most? Um, yeah, I mean, everybody's got, it seems like everybody's got access to TrackMan Rapsodo. Um, a lot of it for me is edutronic video, being able to see the way the ball's coming out of my hand. Uh, and then, I, you know, for a while, I was pretty reluctant to rely so heavily on technology um, based improvements, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to deny the value in it all. But with that being said, I never want to lose the, the sight or the, the, the feel of the ball and of the game. And I don't want, uh, like for instance, I threw a bullpen today and all my groupings were really good, really tight. And, um, from a pitch profile perspective, they were great. Right. Um, but from an execution perspective, some of the sliders that I was throwing, um, we're a little bit pulled and we're ball to ball. They're never going to get swung at in a game. And so you got to keep things in perspective where, yeah, you can fall in love with the numbers, but at the end of the day, you got to be able to go out there and compete and be able to execute pitches. Um, and for me, that's, that's a big one. And that's what can separate uh, a lot of guys. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's a, that's a great point because blending the analytics and this is, it's a game still played by people. You're competing mm -hmm. in the moment. And I think sometimes we get too heavy on either side. Like people are like, yo, you're just a, you know, analytics don't matter. And then analytics people are like, oh, all you are, you know, you're a robot. You're just out there throwing and, and none of this other stuff matters. And I think the best coaches and pitchers are the ones that combine all of that. Yep. hundred percent. Um, just having that feel for, both is rare, but it's becoming more common, which is great. Um, obviously, teams spend a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of information on all these these assets. Um, but having those teammates, um, coaches, front office that also find that value in you know the game um, is is huge, and I think that's something that we do really well. Uh, and I, you know, that's not to say that other teams don't, but. Um, that's something I enjoy doing with uh, my teammates, the rest of the staff is, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to competing and executing pitches, you know, whatever you have that day, you're not going to, I think you're going to put yourself in a bind if you're going in every half inning, Hey, what are my numbers? What's my horizontal vertical break spin rate, all that sort of stuff that you got to go out there and just, and just compete. You mean Bauer doesn't do that? Like I could see him go. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen him for the last, last two years, but um, you know, I'm sure he's onto some, some new wave by now. <laughs> so how much competition do you have inner staff like pitching staff wise? Is there like a, in, cause you guys are sick, like the ability to mint starting pitchers and everything. Is there that internal competition with y'all or y'all, I mean, y'all are helping each other too, but sometimes you're just like, isn't a little bit of trash talk. hundred percent. Um, I don't think, I, I wouldn't say we, we, we talk too much trash to each other cause we're always trying to build each other up, but there is a hundred percent of that time. There's that healthy competitiveness. Um, so police act today went out and he had live ABs, um, and he looks, I'll just say he looks really, really good. And that is awesome. I'm fired up for him. We, we talked over his outing. I went down there and watched the whole thing and he was, he was lights out. But I got live ABs in two days and I'm going to go try and, you know, best them or at least, you know, be up to uh, that level. Just continue to compete. Um, Savali showed up in, in camp this year. His stuff is taking another jump. Um, Plutko, uh, McKenzie, so, so many guys, right? Quantrill, 
uh, amongst many other, I feel bad for leaving out, we, but we got a lot of great names and a lot of guys that are uh, going to show up this year. And there's always that healthy competitiveness. I think that's what drives a team drives a pitching staff more specifically um, just to continue to level up. Uh, you know, we're always pulling for each other and building each other up, but at the same time, you want to, you want to best them. Yeah. Um, what is it about your organization though? With like, like I made a joke last year, like you guys print starting pitchers on a 3d printer. It's just like you plug in a new guy, trade somebody, bring somebody in. Like, is there an organizational mindset that is doing that? Is there something that, that is going on? Is it luck? Um, you know, I, I'm just curious. Uh, so for me, um, it's, there's a lot of things that go into it, but it would be best described as probably threefold. Um, one, it obviously starts with the scouting process. Um, you got to give credit to those guys for seeing potential in, in arms, um, uh, you know, so far down the road. Uh, two, obviously, developmental process. We have some of the best, um, you know, resources, some of the best minds just to be able to, uh, you know, kind of like what we touched on, a second ago, use your, your resources, your analytics, your, whatever you have available to you. But at the same time, we've always preached, like, you got to go out there and get out. It's like, you got to perform. Um, and so you never lose sight of the end goal. Right. And then three, um, I'd say the, the, the guys that came before us, right. Um, even past Kluber, but we'll just say Kluber, Cookie, Bauer, um, Clev, all those guys, they set a standard and that standard has never changed. It's, if anything, it's only continued to, to climb. And so I think everybody knows there's kind of this unspoken um, level or standard that you got to hold yourself to. And if you're coming up, you, you're trying to meet that standard and you're trying to uh, continue to elevate it. And it's just that um, you know, a lot of people are talking about and Cleveland Indians starting pitching this Cleveland Indians starting pitching. And so you see that you're not uh, immune to it. You know what it is and, and you want to continue to elevate that conversation. And I think that just, uh, you know, drives the right player, which we have a lot of the right players. Um, it continues to drive them in the right direction. Does uh, Tristan McKenzie ever eat? <laughs> he eats quite a bit. Um <laughs> He's a, he's a hard worker, man. And, and he's a good dude. And uh, I know they, people call him the, the string being slinger, uh, all, all sorts of, all sorts of nicknames, but uh, that dude can huck it. Dude. He is so much fun to watch. You can tell how much fun he's having out there. Um, you have a lot of those guys though. Like, like Karen checks, another guy that I drop every, like there's like an alarm that goes off when, when, yes. when he comes in to pitch and I'm dropping everything. I'm like, this guy's going to do something crazy. So, uh, I mean, what's, what's, what's he like in the, in the clubhouse? Is he as crazy as it looks like from the outside? No, man. Um, well, no, he's chill. He, <laughs> no, come on. He's definitely, uh, he's, he's got a good balance. So for him, he's, a, he's an interesting cat. He's a awesome individual. Um, he does things his, his way, um, but his way works and that's what works for him. And, and he's found his routine and, and his way of doing things and how he continues to improve and get better. And I think that's another one of those guys that uh, did the right things this off season. And a lot of, I mean, he's already turned heads in the right, um, but I'm excited to see what he's going to do uh, this year. Um, but check is, is, is one of the most positive teammates you could possibly have. I, I will say that he is constantly building guys up, constantly um, spreading positive words and, and positive messages, not only to, uh, you know, his teammates, but himself as well. And I think he's just confident in himself, his routine and his ability to go out there and do what he does. So that's what makes him special. He's obviously uh, gets into a, a mindset or a, a different type of uh, aura uh, when he's on the mound, but um it works for him, man. And it works well. Dude, it, it is so much fun to watch. Have you ever tried to catch that curveball? Cause it, it's just a unique thing. <laughs> yeah. So before, uh, you know, I was in, uh, working out over at the complex every other day or, or so, uh, near the back end of, of, uh, of the off season. And we played catch one of those days and, uh, we had a really good game of catch and I'm throwing in my stuff. I'm about to go out and throw a bullpen. I think he had a light day and he goes curveball. And I was like, all right. And he goes, he like 
took a step back and he goes, you want it? Or something like that. I was like, yeah, just throw, just throw the damn curveball. And he threw that thing to me and I caught it. Um, but I didn't want another one. And, uh, <laughs> thankfully he threw one and he's the type of guy, he throws one, he clicks it. He goes, okay, yeah, that felt great. And he, he'll be done. Like he'll, he just feels what he needs to feel, um, continues to elevate his confidence and, and he'll be good to go. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's awesome because I can't imagine trying to catch it. If you can't catch it, like, how are you going to hit it? Right. Yeah. It's he's, uh, he's electric. So one question I had, and this is something I noticed like at the end of last year, um, you were doing this little dance as you were getting ready to throw, and it reminded me of Clev's little dance. Did you get mm-hmm. that at all from him to stay kind of loose in your lower half? What was the, or, or is this like you just developed it yourself? Yeah, so I did do that a little bit in college, um, and then I, I just noticed like rhythm, like it, it, as a pitcher, if you're just standing still in between pitches, uh, leg locked, whatever you may do, like, it's just, it, it's not going to put yourself in the best position to execute that next pitch. Uh, I do think I lost that a little bit in the minor leagues, not like from a ne- negative aspect, I kind of just stopped doing it. Um, but then once I got up to the bigs club started doing it again, and I realized how well that's working for him. So I started doing it again and a little bit more prominently, uh, bigger steps, happy feet. Um, and so, um, I, I feel like I did a little bit in college, but I got, uh, I picked up a little bit of it from Clev as well. That's funny because, so this is kind of exactly what I've seen. And I mentioned like, you are a great borrower of people's stuff. And to me, you're picking the, the best stuff out of what they do, incorporating it if it works for you. And, uh, I mean, it has, but you're clearly watching your, your teammates and, and picking up what you can like a sponge to me. Yeah, have to. Um, I think that can really pay dividends down the road. And there's a lot, there's so many guys around the league that um, I, I watch pitch and I'm like, I want that. I want that. Um, that would be nice. And a lot of that stuff is out of my control or out of my realm of possibilities because I want to throw 104 mile an hour sinkers like Jordan Hicks, but uh, I can't. And so I check that one off the list and I move on to Cleb's happy, happy feet and something that I can do. (laughs) (laughs) So what other, like, if you had to pick a pitch from somebody, what would you, what would you pick? I mean, it's hard not to go with the velo. So you'd be, it's hard not to go with. Yeah, (laughs) probably. I was going to go like, I mean, Devin Williams airbender wouldn't be bad either. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I do need a change up. Uh, Maybe I'll do that. I'll take two. Yeah, we can we can just have this little trading thing where we borrow everybody's stuff. Speaking of borrowing pitches, though, um, I had sent you you Darvish's uh, video, and this was something that went on during the season. I get this DM out of the blue, and he's like, "Hey, do you have Shane Bieber's knuckle curve grip?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." And we were going back and forth about how to throw your your knuckle curve, and I thought it was he picked it up one day. And I, I believe he threw it in a bullpen and then in a game, the very next start. And he used it as a slider too. Like he changed his spin axis on a slider and it was absolutely filthy. Like, what is really? that, what does that feel like to like help another pitcher out there? Who's an, also at the very, very top of the game. Um, is that pretty cool? It's extremely cool. Um, and, and, and like I was just saying, like, I feel like you you need to continue to borrow things from guys around the league, just to continue to, the game's always ever changing and you got to improve and um, see what you can add into your, your arsenal. And for one of my pitches to be uh, that for a guy of use um, stature is, is pretty cool, man. Um, that's hard not to, to smile about. And I, I believe you ended up, he had one start against us last year in Chicago and he struck out my good buddy, Mike Freeman with, uh, with my, with my curveball, Right. And, uh, you ended up posting that. And I was like, I, I got real mixed feelings about this because you know, he got, he got boy with it. Um, but it's also a super cool, um, you know, sight to see. I mean, I think it's, I think it's ridiculously cool to watch how people develop. Cause I think, I think fans don't get the fact that you're, at the very top of the game, you're still tinkering with stuff, improving your, your, your pitches, borrowing from other people. You're a fan. 
like what pitchers, what other pitchers are you like fans of? You watch their starts and you're like, boy, that guy's got it together. Yeah, there's uh, too many to name, but um, Max, obviously, um, everything about his game, uh, his, the, just the mentality of it uh, more specifically, but uh, pretty much everything. He has obviously the stuff to go with it. Um, I love watching Walker throw. Um, I love the way that the fastball jumps out of his hand. It's kind of just, it's just different. Um, he's fun to watch. There's, you know, the list goes on and on. Obviously I get to see, I'm fortunate enough to be able to see my teammates and my rotation mates go, uh, every single day. Um, that's always, always a show. And, um, you know, there's guys all around the league. I've seen plenty of club, plenty of Bauer. So I left them out right now. Um, but there's, there's they're both overrated, a bunch yeah. of names. Yeah. Both <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that they can, they can point me. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. Like, so you, are you going to like MF somebody like Scherzer during this year? I mean, you're kind of not that guy, but just in here, sick. maybe <laughs> I'm not going to uh, do it. Who was that dude? Who was that doing that? You posted a clip of that, uh, West Burton? ball. Somebody. Yes, dude. Yeah. He, I mean, it was audible. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, he is, he's insane. Like he's a big six foot eight dude who, uh, I mean, his goal in life is to throw a hundred. That's all he cares about. Really yeah. good, really good dude. But he's a, he's a psychopath on the mound. Like he's pretty. Yeah, so like I, like I said, I was a little bit over the top in college. Um, and I, I did do that a little bit. Um, I, I had that FU mentality I was saying it um I don't think I was mouthing it um but I was very uh, you know positive self-talk uh in a negative way to other people maybe uh <laughs> I was doing that in college uh and it kind of got a little bit tiring for me I understand that it works for for other guys and that's great do do you um but for me I don't think you'll see any uh audible fus coming out of my mouth but so interesting. So do you have to calm yourself down in a game or are you like letting your mind run competitively? Um, at points. Yeah. I, I mean, it's such a long season. Uh, you find yourself battling so many different uh, scenarios or aspects. And um, there are definitely times where you got to calm yourself down and you're getting heated, whether umpire, you know, missed a call, um, you know, some play is or isn't made. Uh, behind you or or when we're hitting or whatever may happen throughout the game you, you have that competitive nature um and it can get frustrating at times but it, it can also be uh your best friend so uh, just being able to find that balance uh when you need it i think is uh, always going to be something that i strive for from outing to outing and and it's hard to hard to find that from outing to outing but uh if you're able to find that balance i think there's a lot of value in it do you visualize stuff after like, are you going home visualizing stuff at night, visualizing stuff? Like, how do you, how do you fine tune that? Yeah, try to. Um, I think visualization is a great tool. Um, for me, a lot of it is pitch execution visualization. Um, that's in its simplest way. I find a lot of value in that, uh, just to be able to build confidence with a certain pitch. Um, you can build confidence a number of ways, obviously like past successes, um, positive self-talk, like we just talked about. And then another one's visualization. There's, there's other ways as well, but, um, those three are, are huge. And like I said, visualization is definitely one of them that, uh, I know a lot of guys around the league, but myself specifically, we utilize. So it seems like kind of the untaught thing for, for the history of the game. It's always like, just be tough out there. Just go out there and do it. Don't think do and now I think we're coming around to this being more of a science and being appreciated that everybody's different and you can bring out different things of people that you're not robots again. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And it's cool. It's cool to see where the game's going. Like I said earlier, and uh, how many uh, directions you can pull from to make yourself better. Right. Um, there's the analytics, there's the mental side of the game. There's obviously the physical side of the game, which um you know, cannot be lost in, in translation, but um, there, there's so many ways to continue to get better and to continue to develop that it's, it's becoming a lot of fun. Awesome. So what's the next step for you? Like, what do you, like, what, what is your, what are your goals? Um, I'm always 
trying to throw harder, um, make mechanical adjustments to uh, kind of unlock another level. I, I think uh, I can utilize my lower half a lot better. I think there's more in the tank. Um, with that being said, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to make mechanical adjustments to something that you've been working on for, you know, 16 plus years. Um, but, but it's fun. I think if you attack it with the right mindset, um, and, and you work the right way, um, with the right people and the right drills, you'll put yourself in a good spot. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do every off season, um, for the past, you know, five years since I got, drafted. and, uh, I think Velo is, where the game's at right now. I know I said I wouldn't change my developmental process, but that's because, um, you know, I have, I have no regrets on how everything played out, but VLO helps, helps a lot. Uh, it helps everything. So a lot of my better outings uh, last year and the year before I'm um, sitting like four to five, a lot of my not better outings, maybe just a, a little bit less in the tank, but um, that'll, it'll bail you, bail you out more times than not when you don't have your best stuff. Yeah. I mean, you at, at seven and eight would be, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> be kind of sick. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take five to five to seven right now. We don't have to go to seven and eight. Yeah. That, you know, don't be so greedy. I mean, leave some, leave something for everybody else in the league, dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. Well, um, Oh, one question I had, and it, it, fate, number one, I noticed that in your bio in college, you said your your favorite player was Mike Trout, I believe. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was that like facing him in like real life? That's cool, man. Um, yeah, I think it's funny. I wish they would have deleted that. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean that I'm not I not or never was a fan of him. But what are my first? Uh, tops baseball cards that says list favorite player is Mike Trout. I was like, really, you guys had to throw that in there. You let him sun me like that. But um, no, kind of a funny story. I think tops and I have a great working relationship because they, they also did the, the Justin uh, blip on that as well. It was good marketing for, uh, or on their side. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool, man, just to be able to get into the league and, and, you know, I'm, 25 going to turn 26 facing these guys that I was watching in high school and college. Um, and my buddies were, uh, you know, hanging out, drinking some beers in college, watching some MLB baseball and, and thinking about what it would be like. And it's cool to be in the position that I'm in right now. Um, just enjoying it. Obviously, um, you know, being ultra competitive and, and wanting to put myself in the best position, uh, first and foremost, but then, then too, so every now and then you take a step back and take a step off the back of the mound and it's Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera standing at the dish. Like that's, that's cool, man. It's, it's, it's something that I don't want my career to, to go by and me to just be oblivious to it all in tunnel vision. Like, yeah, at some points you got to step back and uh, enjoy the ride and, and realize what's going on around you. Cause not a lot of people get to get to do this, let alone um, do it well and enjoy it. Last question. You, you have to face, let's say, Ted Williams. Um, how do you approach that? Um, probably. It, where, what's the, uh, where's the umpire from? What era? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to give you one of those 80s or 90s ums. Come on. Let's, let's, uh, let's go. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. All right. Well, let's do, all right. Yeah. You got yourself an 80s umpire, which. Right, uh, I'm going to see how far, how far I can stretch the zone and then I'm going to bang curveballs until he hopefully fishes for one. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. go back. I mean, obviously posting stuff in the off season from different eras. I'm like, oh my God, if you had that strike zone, forget it. That, uh, that <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, or that would be pretty fun. I, uh, it's hard not to dream about that or, or get excited about it. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking the time for, for, uh, to talk. This has been fantastic. You got to put up some of those pictures back there. Uh, I, I got a lot of work to do around this place. Hopefully it's not. Yeah. Maybe we can just crop it from, uh, from right here. <laughs> if it's no, too, I think uh, it's great. Embarrassing. I, I will think... say I, my, I saw in, uh, your, your, uh, file that you sent me. One of the first questions was who was that guy wearing the pitching ninja hat? I didn't even that was ask my that. brother. Oh, my sick. brother, Travis. Big fan, man. Um, no, he just, yeah, I think he just bought a new lid. He's like, new year, new lid. Uh, got to sport it on, uh, sport it on start days. 
Um, no, he's the best man. He's all over it. And um, like I said, I got the best support system and he's, he's a huge part of it as well. I, I forgot to ask the only damn question that was my yeah, own marketing. Self-marketing, Rob. Come that on. sucks, dude. <laughs> well, I, I owe you, like, I got to get you one of these uh, limited edition lids or something like that. one's like clean that. right there. Is that one limited edition? This one is the only existing one of this. I, really? I will, yeah. I yeah, might, you got to keep it like that. You yeah, like there's got to be one that I keep for myself, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, thanks so much. Um, I'll let you go and go have fun. You know, grab a beer or something. Um, this has been yeah. fantastic. Thanks for taking the time, man. Uh, yeah, I, I hope we got some uh, some good content, some good answers. I'm sure Tyke will, if Tyke's listening right now, <laughs> chop it up nice and good for us. Make yeah, us look good. Let's sit on him a little bit while we're while we're at it. But <laughs> <laughs> where? Yeah, I wonder where he's at. Yeah, I don't have any idea. Uh, Probably but- bouncing around, getting COVID. Yeah, probably so. Uh, yeah, speaking of Mr. COVID, I mean, dude. I know. <laughs> I know, sucks. I know. Well, hopefully, like, if there's ever – if if you throw a no-hitter this this season, we'll get you back on and we'll do a uh, another show. No jinx. All right. Perfect. No jinx. Yeah. Awesome, right, man. Speaking well, into existence, that's what we'll – Exactly. Positive thoughts, man. Thank you so much, man. All right, Rob. I appreciate it. Take care. Be well. Strike three!